Support the Amigos podcast on Patreon or PayPal and receive cool perks and rad swag. Visit our page at everythingamiga.com support. Amiga, the first personal computer that gives you a creative edge. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Amigos. I'm John. And I'm Aaron. And today, Aaron, we're going to talk about Black Dawn Rebirth. Ooh, sounds scary, bro. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, normally at the beginning of our shows, I try and think of some interesting uh, and humorous uh, question to ask you regarding the title of the game. Yeah. I got nothing this week. Black Dawn Rebirth. What does that conjure up for you? Remember Black Hawk Down? Uh, I, 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 no. The helicopter uh, military is that, was that, that was based on a Was that a Rwanda or something like that? It was one of, yeah, it was one of those. Yeah, yeah. That's what it reminds me of, you know, eventually. Also, there was a comic book character named Dawn. Do you remember her? No. Dawn's a dude, not a lady name. Busty, she was a real busty chick. I know you're stunned. Yeah. In a comic so, book. And she had this real bizarre eye makeup. Mm. And, her, and her comics consisted of a real super hot, sexy cover. And then that's pretty much as far <laughs> as they ever got in them comics. So if you, and I don't know if Dawn's still an item. I guess she is. But uh, that was a pretty big deal back in, in the in Was the this a, a Dark Horse comic? Was this like in the, when they, you had all those independent shops set up in the it early 90s? A, it was an independent book. Mm-hmm. I don't know who made it. I pretty much looked at the covers, Boat. I'll be honest with there you. Are, when, when I used to frequent comic book stores in the uh, early to mid-90s... Uh, you did that? Oh, you know, yeah. Yeah, because you got to remember, that's where I bought all my Magic the Gathering cards. What a geek. <laughs> Nerd! All right, Aaron. Well, since there's not much in the way of banter this week, why don't we dive what? right in? <laughs> Just killed the banter off? That was well, it. what else are we going to talk about? You got any Black Dawn stories? Magic the Gathering adventures. <laughs> Do you have a trunk full of those cards? Man, around? if I did, I could retire. Those things are crazy expensive now. Now, the Hat Chad has a ton of those. Yeah, he, he still he dips his toe in and out of the water. And by dips his toe, I mean he dives into the pool head first and then surfaces now and again. Um, you know, it's funny. I remember, I remember the old Chad... Uh, had a trunk full of those things, and I believe he sold them to Hat Chad. Yes, that's true. That's true. And I also remember that the Brent also had a trunk full of those game cards, and I remember he sold them for a bunch of money and bought a one of those uh, change CD changers. Mm. Money well spent. <laughs> Possibly would Wait, like to have that purchase technology back. Technology became more relevant than those things. <laughs> yeah, it's so funny. I was watching LGR um, in one of his thrifting episodes, and he came across like I swear like a 500 CD changer. I mean, there was no upper limit on these things. It's like, what are you doing? If you've got 500 CDs and you want to hit shuffle, how long is it going to take you to load up those guys? And how are you going to tell which CD goes where? How big is that It thing? was like the 500? size of a car trunk. It was crazy. <laughs> I like how people just sacrifice their trunks. <laughs> you know, it's funny. When MP3s were had just become a thing, mm-hmm. you know, you could play them on your PC. My buddy, Chef Groovy, uh, he had this rig in mind 
to have a computer mounted in his car. That's a fantastic idea. And have idea. his computer hooked up to his speaker system. <laughs> that shows you how quickly things change because there was no portable MP3 player. Well, I remember um, Leo Laporte on the Screensaver show, he, he devoted an episode to how you could make an MP3 player uh, the size of like, I think he actually built it inside of a shoebox. And so yeah. uh, that was, of course, then you had the, the Diamond Rio and all that. You, you probably had a Diamond Rio, didn't you? I wasn't involved in the early MP3 things. What I did have was one of the, remember when they had the CD players that did MP3? Yep, I had one of those. I had I had those, I had those. I'd burn my own disc. Yeah, and even then, I that was such... I used to retro gaming radio mm-hmm. on my way to uh, 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 work, and I would I would have a disc, you know, and I'd burn it before I left. And what was the worst is if the disc went bad or something, you'd be right in the middle of the show, and it would go, and you were screwed. Right. That was a problem with those things. You know? Yeah, but I, I did that. I remember when I got my first MP3 Discman, and I could load up the entire Beach Boys catalog on one disc. I mean, I was amazed that, that it seemed like the, the the future. And of course, uh, we didn't know what the real future was. This is the well, real future. You know, you know what bothers me, Bo? And of course, we have a. I was, I was uh, playing. Uh, I was actually playing uh, uh, Black Dawn Rebirth last night. And I was talking to my son. And I was like, yeah, this. I told Luke, I was like, this came on six floppy disks. And he was like, well, what the heck's that? So I was like, I looked over my shelf, and I'm like, man, there's a whole, sh- there's shelves full of floppy disks, and he's not sure what one is, so I had to stop the game. I went over, got a box. Here's a floppy disk, son. I was just trying to explain to him how much it held. And I remember distinctly when three-and-a-half-inch disks were, the, they were the SD card of their day because mm-hmm. they were so much, they were so much more durable. And I mean, 1.3 meg. look at, if you, if you look at the steps we've taken taken in 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 terms of storage, it's unbelievable how quickly that I remember watching the thing on TV one time. They said AT and T Laboratories was, has devised a technique where they can store like an entire book on the head of a pen. <laughs> and I remember thinking that's crap. Mm-hmm. That's never going to happen, yeah. you know. And then lo and behold, both people need to appreciate this stuff. Boat. It's true. We live in a glorious time. I've got VCRs all over my house, and I'm going to tell you something. You need to appreciate what you got. You don't ever want to go back to tape. You don't ever want to go back to floppy disk. You got the best thing. You've got all the good stuff now. Yeah, yeah. Get off my lawn. Speaking of good stuff, Aaron, let's talk about the videos that we've put out on our channel this past week. We don't have any side updates this week on everythingamiga.com, so we thought we'd move up the uh, the video talk to the very beginning. Uh, Kicking things off, Aaron... Uh, a little uh, sneak preview of what's to come on the Coco Show. I recorded some footage Ooh. of Double Back. Had you played Double Back before, Aaron? I've sang it. Oh. Remember that song from ZZ Top? I was thinking of Double Back Again. Mm. No. That was probably the direct inspiration for this song. Yeah. Uh, but now, Oh, yeah. I've played this back in the Dizzy. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, and with the Black Beauties. and the, But, you know, it's funny. I never knew the secrets. And we will reveal the All secrets. will be revealed on the Coco yeah, Show this but, week. Because so, I just played this like a schlup. I didn't, I didn't get it. Yeah, you know? yeah. Well, uh, there was not really a good quality video on YouTube for Double Back, as we've discovered doing lots of the different shows that we do. So we, sometimes we have to record our own footage, but I didn't mind because Double Back's an awesome game. Yeah, good job, dude. Uh, Let's see. Let's talk about uh, ARG this week, Aaron. This is this was a uh, a landmark first edition for ARG. Why don't you tell the the fine folks out there what you and Brent talked about this week? Well, you know the the Brent is a mad scientist, and so a while back he put a piece in the wheel called ARG Battle, 
And much like I normally do with the bird, I just ignored him and pretend, hoped he'd go <laughs> away. Uh, but eventually, this this past week, it came up. And so I didn't know what ARG battle was. And I was told that what we're going to do is we're going to have a, a, a debate, an oral debate. And the topic we chose was um, a, making your case for your platform in the late 80s. And so my platform uh, was the uh, Tandy TL, Tandy 1000 TL MS-DOS computer. And Brent's uh, was the Nintendo NES Entertainment System. And we just had a little friendly back and forth banter about the uh, uh, you know the good and bad sides of each platform what they one could do that the other couldn't uh, and the variety of games that were available uh, we had a good time and uh, it was I, it, we, I think we for us we stayed pretty civil and uh, we've got a lot of good uh, feedback on it. and I think uh, uh, and uh, I think there's a little bit of everything there. Uh, I think, you know, you can enjoy either or or both, but uh, it was still fun to go back. I had a lot of fun researching it, so it shows done pretty well. So if that's sort of your bag, you know, check it out. Cool. Uh, let's see. And uh, finally, Aaron, uh, I wanted to, to finally put to rest the uh, the eternal battle that has been raging since the dawn of time. I couldn't believe this came up. <laughs> uh, so uh, you know that well, it's got to be run dry by there now. There are there are uh, there are really only two ports that anybody cares about when it comes to Donkey Kong. <laughs> I mean, the ColecoVision port, the NES port, the the system that was designed to play Donkey Kong as arcade perfect as possible. <laughs> Nobody cares about those. What people really what really matters is a clone for the Tandy color computer versus the Atari 800 XL version. The immortal, the immortal struggle. Right. Continues. Right. So uh, I put both of these games up against each other and ran them side by side and moved the sound back and forth. And I'll let you be the judge. Which one do you prefer? Do you prefer the faster moving uh, Atari version or do you prefer the more arcade accurate in terms of girders Coco version? So uh, it's up to you, the listener, to decide. Uh, I'm just putting both those out there for your pleasure. You know, the funny thing about these two versions, and of course, we've been going around on this for months now. It, or you, it seems like decades. <laughs> uh, but the, uh, the funny thing about it is, they are literally they're two different sides of the same coin. Yeah. And a lot, I mean, they both have flaws, mm -hmm. and their flaws are the exact opposite of the other game's flaws. Right. And so what you really need uh, uh, in there, and of course uh, that would ruin the fun, but you really need like that happy medium, you know, in there. And there is a happy medium uh, in there, but it's not, of course, it's not debatable because it's not on either one of these machines. But uh, of course, and you mentioned the ES version of this, the, uh, I really thought the uh, 7800 version of this was really mm -hmm. good. Uh, and no, they get gets no love. Yeah, in fact, you know? I don't think so, I've ever played the 7800 version of Donkey Kong. You should give it, give it a okay. whirl. Uh, uh, I, I seems like I sat down one day and decided that that was the ipso facto uh, best port. Mm -hmm. So, but you be the you do the couple. Yeah, this, I will say I like your little comparisons, and this looks great. Cool. cool. All right, and uh, that wraps up what we. Oh no, I'm sorry. There's one other video that we put out since last week, Aaron, and that is 
Bruce Lee for the Atari. Uh, we had uh, episode four <laughs> yeah. of uh, 1200 XL, an Atari 8-bit podcast, and we talked about Bruce Lee. Bruce Lee, one of our favorite games, and uh, oh, yeah. you know we covered it on episode one of Our Sinclair, uh, but the Atari version is the original, and many people say still the best version. I say that. <laughs> it's the best. Yeah. It was great. Yeah. And, I, I, you know, it's funny, when, when you decided that we were going to look at this, uh, um, you know, I'd played this thing a thousand times, you know, but I wanted to play it through over and over to see how much it changed. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd never done mm-hmm. that. And it gets a lot harder. <laughs> you, you know, people a, people talk about how easy this game is, but uh, well, I, I... After the first level, it's Yeah, I, I, don't, um, I don't find this game that easy, uh, but mm-hmm. I'm not very good at video games, so maybe that has a lot to do with it. But I still, I love Bruce Lee. I love its, its slower, more thoughtful gameplay. Uh, it's, it's, it's definitely a unique... A unique title in the in the eight bit yeah. uh, in the eight bit catalog. So anyway, if you're interested in that, check out twelve hundred XL this week. Yeah, good game. I love that one. All right, Aaron, it's time for this week's Amiga news. The gamble oh, train okay, has been good to us this week, Aaron. Oh, good. Uh, we start things off with a podcast that our buddy Pixels at Dawn was on this week. This was a, I'd never heard of this podcast before. It, I hadn't either. I'd never heard of this until he mentioned he was going to be on it's it. It's called The Hitching Post. <laughs> and uh, this is a, it's, it's, they, they do different topics. It's not all about one particular system. Wow. And this one is about the Amiga. And what better guest to have on this show than Amiga Mastermind Pixels of Dawn himself. Uh, it's a pretty interesting panel. I think that there were three Brits and one American guy. Of course, the American guy had no idea about the Amiga back in the day, just like every American guy. And the the, the three Brits were like, the Amiga was was awesome. So uh, it was a, a great episode. I actually, I, I was I started out, I was like, I'm going to listen to a couple minutes of this just to, to see how it is so I can talk about it on the show. And I ended up listening to like a half an hour. It was great great uh i haven't heard it yet so i'm gonna put it's on the list yeah yeah it was fantastic so if you haven't heard of the hitching post podcast you can get it on all your favorite podcast uh you know platforms of choice and i guess pixels at dawn is going to become a permanent host on the hitching post podcast so did you see what pixels just wrote he said the american guy was mr cola oh, it was mr cola him. i had no idea i guess i must have glossed over the uh, introductions at the beginning or maybe he didn't introduce himself as mr cola He's also a class, He's also a, a perennial Twitch streamer. Yeah, Mr. Cole. Is. Yeah, yeah. He's and also a supporter of this show. So we we thank oh, him yes. on a number of levels. All right. Next up, Pinmark is back this week, Aaron. And of course, one of the great things about the Amiga community is you've got people covering all sides of the coin, which I guess is really only two sides because coins only have two sides unless you count like that weird like edge side. Anyway, um, this week, you know, Tenmark is all about productivity on the Amiga. He's all about creativity. He's all about productivity. And this week, if you're at all curious about how to open a PDF file on your Amiga, Tenmark is your man. I'll tell you who's not your man, me and you, Aaron. <laughs> we are not gonna, we're not gonna be uh, covering anything like this. So you're gonna have to find another source. And the best source out there for any kind of productivity stuff, I think, is Tenmark. He really, oh, he, yeah. he, he's very in-depth. And, uh, you know, have you ever opened a PDF on your Amiga before, Aaron? I don't, I, you know, I don't think the time ever came about where I needed to, to be honest with you. 
Yeah. I uh, I no, never really occurred to me, frankly. Yeah. <laughs> so but no, I, I would say probably not. As more and more people are, uh, you know, extending the life of their Amigas either through uh, emulation or through uh, the FPGA Amigas or whatever, uh, there may be times where you want to start to, you know, open these more contemporary file formats and 10 Mark is your man to show you the way. Yes. Well done. I haven't even seen that one yet. I thought I saw the re most recent one, so I must have missed it. Now, one. this also comes to us from Tenmark. He tweeted this out, and I promptly grabbed the link. Uh, this is a new uh, FTP client that you can use for your Amiga. Uh, this works uh, via Morph OS or OS4. And, uh, you know, I, I can, there are definitely uh, occasions for, for people to use FTP, uh, not only for their modern Amigas, but also classic Amigas and even classic systems like the, the Atari 8-bits. I know that there is a, uh, an FTP uh, Wi-Fi solution that is currently under development. I think it's called Fuji, FujiNet. Uh, it's, a, it's a great way to transfer files. And if you've ever messed around with a Raspberry Pi, you're going to find yourself doing this a lot too. So, uh, mm -hmm. yeah, this is, uh, you can check this out. This is called R-N-O and Xfer, which I think is like transfer or something. Uh, you can find this at the link at our show notes at the bottom of this YouTube video or in the show notes in the podcast. You know, I do most of my FTPing on the original Xbox. Oh, yeah. That's that, another. That's that's where it seems like I'm forever transferring <laughs> stuff back and forth to that thing. Now, Aaron, um, this was a game that probably should have been uh, debuted on our Halloween show. This is uh, comes to us from our buddy Neil over at Indie Retro News. The Curse of Rabenstein. Uh, this Ooh. is a high-grade graphical text adventure released for multiple systems. Yeah, we don't want any of that low-grade <laughs> stuff. <laughs> this thing, Aaron, talk about covering all your bases. Um, all right. This guy has released this, this uh, horror text adventure game for, get ready, the C64, right. the Plus 4, yeah. the CPC, the ZX Spectrum, the Amiga, the Atari, ST, DOS, and PC. Wow. Holy smokes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and you can... It's like Rise of the Robot. That's right. You can, grab, <laughs> uh, the, uh, you can grab the digital download for free, or oh. you can uh, order a physical edition, which I believe is 25 uh, euros. And Why don't you click on that? Let's see what the box looks like. Uh, I don't believe that it comes with a box. Uh, oh. oh, yeah, it does. It does come with a box. I take it back. I knew yeah, it. Yeah, it, it's the box, the diskette. Uh, and uh, it looks like some versions come with a micro SD. Maybe all of them come with it. Uh, let's see, you've got to scroll down, I'm trying to find the Amiga version here. Yeah, the Amiga version comes with the disc, a cardboard box, uh, the S micro SD card, a necklace with a wooden cross. Heck yeah! yeah. An eight. Yeah. <laughs> an, <laughs> I like that. An eight. See, that's thinking outside that's the box right. right there. An eight page. DIN A5 manual. I don't know what any of those words mean. I don't um, either. It comes with stickers and it's shrink wrapped, so you can send that. You can send that thing off to be graded and slabbed. Put it up on yourself and never touch it I again. Scroll down. Did I see that this has a ZX Next release? Yeah, it does. <laughs> yeah. So see, that's getting on. That's getting on the trolley yeah, right if there. If you, what's this cat's name again? Oh, Bo? geez, you asked me too quick. Let me go back to the Indie Retro News and see if I can find out here. Um, Looks like Steve or Stefan Vaught. Stefan Vaught. Yeah, I'm giving this guy. I'm giving this guy the thumbs up. The game may be great. It may be horrible, but I'm giving him thumbs up for getting all the uh, little gimmicks correct. I like that. Absolutely, absolutely. All right. 
So, and again, if you're looking for, you know, a game, we don't really cover a lot of game in development news. If you want to find out what is in the pipeline for the Amiga, Indie Retro News is a great source. We really appreciate For any, any yeah, system. Yeah, any system. They, they cover a lot of yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. They need to cover Coco. <laughs> I'm trying. Now, Aaron, last week you brought this up, and this guy has actually released part two of this video. This is yeah. uh, More Ways the Amiga is Awesome. And this is a guy, yeah. this is exactly how I picture you. Uh, maybe <laughs> maybe not in 1992, because you were already very old at that point, but maybe around 1986 or 1987. This would have been you uh, incarnate. Just some guy, looks like he's sitting in his uh, school AV room, you know, hanging I out wish, by himself. I wish I had a lab. Like, he's got, I always wanted where the TVs are built into yeah, the wall yeah. like that. Just, that's so, that's so free futuristic, like Buck Rogers or he something. He takes his school PA microphone and he just, he just starts a rant. <laughs> I love it. I love it. This is my kind of geek. Yeah. He gets in there and he, and he tears it up. <laughs> yeah. That's what I, that's, that's I love that. So, you know, the, one of the many reasons YouTube is great is for these things that would never, ever, ever be seen again can be seen by the world. And uh, it's a fantastic time capsule of of, <laughs> of this guy's life and I'm sure many you other people's. Hair oh, I would kill for that's that head exactly of hair. exactly what my hair used to look Man, like. You were living I mean, the dream back it, then. It was disheveled. Yeah, but you that's know? you want that tasseled look. That's what it's, yeah. Yeah, because he, he didn't care. He's in a, he's in a futuristic computer that's room. That's right. Computers don't care what your hair looks like. It's all greasy and jacked up. <laughs> I love yeah. it. All right. And finally, Aaron, uh, these are, I don't know if we've talked about these before, but I saw them come up on a Facebook group. Uh, there are, you do have alternatives when it comes to uh, new different uh, power supplies for your Amiga. And uh, these are sold uh, on eBay by the AirDrive Wi-Fi group. And uh, this is a, uh, it's a smaller power supply. It's more svelte. It's black, and black means cool. Um, That's right. It's labeled. It's labeled. And um, this thing will power an Amiga 500, a, basically everything except for the 1000. Um, and uh, you can pick one up for about uh, 43 bucks. Uh, in, uh, not in, so I guess including shipping, it's going to run you about 50 bucks. Do they have a U.S. version, Bo? Uh, that is a great question, and I do not know the answer. Um, uh -huh. it, you could always buy a, uh, a step-up converter. Of course, then you're just adding more equipment. But, right. uh, but at any rate, uh, <laughs> this is just another option. Now, I will say that uh, one of the criticisms of this particular model is that it doesn't have an on-off switch on the, uh, on the thing itself. And I know a lot of people like to have the on-off switch on the power supply itself. So that is that is one uh, one downfall of this thing. But that is strange. Yeah. I wonder why they didn't put it because they uh, obviously the original power supply did have it on off right, switch. Right, right. That's an auto mission. It mode. is. It is. And so that is uh, just just caveat emperor, as they say. Uh, watch out. Uh, but if this looks like your bag, hey, it's available. You can get it for fifty bucks. Yeah. Or boat. What you do is you get some dudes in Poland to rig you something up. You put it in a box. That's right. That's you put I'm it using. in a shoebox. You go over to your Michaels. It works great. You get one of those photo memory boxes. You take yourself a drill, an electric drill, drill some holes in it. Boom. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you should you should sell those, but you can do what these guys are get doing. Get ready for my new eBay store is incoming. Maybe the guys in Poland will work you up a batch deal. And I'd love it. I'd love it. You know what else I love, Aaron? Uh, God only knows. Black Dawn Rebirth. 
Yeah, man. Let's talk Let's about talk it. Let's talk about this bad boy, Boaster. Now, um, you know, this this game, We I think we covered this uh, in terms of it was a coming uh, last year. I, think, I, I do recall it's, it coming up on that show. Uh, this came out, I believe it was in December, Boat, of uh, 2019. <laughs> uh, Black Dawn Rebirth. So, I mean, literally, as timely as today's headlines, Boat. Yeah. And uh, this uh, was published by Double Sided Games, uh, who are uh, they're they're a player out there in, in the uh, modern gaming. Um, the fella that uh, developed there were actually a, a couple groups credited with the development of this: ZSoft and the Raster Wizards. Uh, this was designed and coded by a guy named Sean Waters. Now he has I looked at his credits. Uh, Boat, uh, tell me if any of this stuff rings a bell. I've been told that the, this this game is part of a series of Don games, and I see a couple Don games that he's worked on. Don Six and Don. I don't know, I don't know how those, I don't know how the storyline falls in or whatever on those. He also did a game called Boing. He did Parasite One and Two, a game called Rotator. I remember did Rotator. We look, We've talked I'm about that. Say, we looked at Rotator, yeah. didn't we? Yeah. Code? You were, what was that? Do you recall? It's a puzzle game. <clears throat> um. This was also code was also worked on by someone named Colin Vela, and they worked. They were uh, one of the people that worked on Barbarian Plus, which we also looked at, which was really good. Uh, the graphics in this were done by Tin Shoe, spelled cool guy mm-hmm. style, and the music uh, by Mike Richmond, who has um, scored uh, Abduction, Aquacon. That sounds pretty cool. <laughs> boat Aquacon. Boing, Don, all the Dons, Parasite, all the Dons. Plebs, Vegetables. Remember that Vegetables game we saw uh, Amiga Bill playing? I think that was that mm-hmm. one. Uh, White Rabbits and Thunder Don. Thunder Don. scored all those. Um, they also, uh, also want to mention that the box art was done by Tenshu, and the box art on this is super cool. Uh, it's a, it's like a, a skeleton in like a space suit. Yeah. It looks really good. Yeah. So... Um, this uh, it, the good thing about this game is this is you know we often complain, Boat. We all, <laughs> full stop. We often complain, <laughs> but one of the things we complain about, and uh, we also get that look on our face. The the uh, <laughs> is like when a new game comes out and it's only for the Amiga with an O sixty, right. and it requires like fifty thousand megs of memory. This game requires uh, uh, has really low requirements. For play, uh, you have to have a, a one meg of chip memory and, a, and a, me, a meg and a half of RAM total. Which those are, and it, it's OCS, ECS, so it'll run on almost anything. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, so the, there's there are many. That's a pretty standard uh, requirement. So they made this with all the lower end Amigas in mind. Now. Uh, as we get into it, we'll find out that there's a few little items they put in that would spice the game up a little bit for if you had a faster Amiga. Uh, but I like the idea that they they made something that everyone could play. That's both. full stop. The best thing about this game. Yeah, um, this came on six. Count them six, six, six big discs. Boat. You got an entry, di- an intro disc, and then you've got five game discs. Boat. Yeah. Uh, so that's a, that's a hefty amount of discs. What do you think about friend. the concept of the intro disc? I like it. I'll tell you why. Um, I like a good intro, as you know. Yeah. You know, there's a whole lot more coming. Right. I, I know? knew that was coming. Now, the flip side of that is sometimes you don't want to set through the intro, do you? 
the good thing about having a, a separate intro disc is when you don't want them set to the intro, you just chuck that. Right. Put in disc one, you're that, good. That's what, that, that is my personal opinion. <laughs> I am in favor fully of the intro disc because that's going to be something that you watch a couple times and then you're going to just put it away because you want to dive right into the game. Unless it's blood money, which you just watch it well, over Well, then you just don't play the game. Yeah, right, off. exactly. Um, now, I will say the downside of the intro disc is it's just another expense. Yeah. So I don't know how much, a di- I don't know how I, much you know. per disc you're paying, but it's there. But I mean, I don't think it's a huge deal. Yeah. Um, now this is a uh, a commercial release boat. This ain't one. Of the, this ain't a freebie. You you got to pay. You got to pay. Uh, and uh, you can get this over at uh, doublesidedgames.com. Now uh, at press, when I was looking at this, uh, they were asking. Uh, I think, and you, of course, you just purchased. This. I can this tell you exactly how much per- it costs. Okay, go man. Twelve dollars and fifty nine cents Canadian. Okay, what is that in American? About ten. It's bucks? like nine fifty. Uh-huh. And then the uh, if you want the box now, I think the boxes are sold out. I don't, can you? I don't think. You I don't know. I didn't box. look into getting the box, so I'm not sure. The box you're looking at sixty bucks Canadian. Okay. Okay. Uh, which was about uh, what is it about forty nine bucks U S. Something like that. That seems yes, maybe. Yeah. So I will say uh, the box is cool looking. Uh, the uh, the art looks good. Uh, the, the the manual on this thing is I will say if you're buying it to get all the uh, accoutrement that would come in a box it's not it's not like it's loaded it's there ain't no wooden cross on this sucker uh, and the manual is just like is just like a couple pages so it's not a if you're if you're wanting it you're ba- basically for your your fifty nine dollars Canadian you're buying the uh, the box but the box is cool looking so if you're one of those people that like a cool gimmick on their shelf. Uh, box good. oh yeah and yeah. i mean this is one of the more attractive i say attractive in you know uh quotations it's a very well-drawn cover you know it's not beautiful yeah, it but it's very the this, art's very good here a tin shoe he's got a he's got a future in graphics i think this yeah. guy's got a lot of talent yeah. um so i believe that i read though both that they were limiting the boxes i it seemed like i read there was a, a run of a hundred and I think they were all go- gone. So I, I don't know if you can still get this or not. Yeah. I think it was listed on the website. Well, if, you, if you're going to make a boxed game, you have to do it that way because you have to count on people's FOMO instincts kicking in. Uh, if you say that this thing is going to be in production in perpetuity, you're never going to be able to sell as many as you need to to break even. You have to say this is a limited number. you got to jump on yeah. now. Hey, listen, if it works, though, yeah. if they, uh, that's good for them. You know. Now, let me ask you, before we get into this game wholly, uh, what do you think of these prices in terms of? Uh, do you think that's uh, uh, ten bucks for the discs virtually and forty nine bucks for the box version? How do you feel about that? Because I mean, that's pretty much that's a that's straight up actual game price. Yeah, I think feel, are you I think that I would I'm happy to pay ten dollars is my upper limit, and I, I take it or leave it. You can hate me for saying this or not, but ten bucks is my upper limit for any retro new new retro title you know no matter if it's for the amiga for the atari or whatever i'm willing to yeah. pay up to 10 bucks uh over 10 for a digital file I, i'm not on board uh for, for, I, the, for I, uh, i'm sorry yeah. let me just only finish no, the, you're right. the uh for the physical copy um, it's it's really hard to say because without yeah. looking at the 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 uh, actually holding the the manual and the and the map or whatever in my hands to see the quality of the paper and stuff. I mean that kind of thing matters. If if you're getting something and you open up the box and it looks like the manual's been photocopied, I'd probably feel pretty cheated uh, for paying sixty bucks. 
But if it's good quality paper, you know, if the map is has a nice texture to it or something like that, I don't know. 60 bucks is still, that seems pretty, pretty high for me. I think I'd probably top out uh, at about 40 bucks for any, even yeah. a game that I love to buy the physical edition. I think 40 bucks is as high as I'd go. Given the exchange rate from Canada, this was probably. Oh, yeah, you're right. I, I keep forgetting that this is Canadian dollars. Yeah. So, yeah, I, you know, if this was a game that I really, really wanted to have the physical version of, I don't think 60 bucks Canadians yeah. out of the ballpark. Now, I will say, I know the game came with a, a user's manual and a map uh, book, which we'll get into the map booklet here in a minute. I got a bone to pick with that. <clears throat> so let's let's get into this game. So what is Black Dawn Rebirth? Now I mentioned that there was a <coughs> uh, 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 some sort of series, but frankly I don't know what the series is. But this thing does come with some flavor text, basically. Uh, and basically, if you if you look at this thing, uh, you uh, you're what you're doing is checking out a uh, a. Uh, uh, the inside of this plant of this basically a base mm -hmm. um <clears throat> you go into the you go into the into it and you're looking around i mean I, they the there's sort of an ongoing um as you go through this you're going to come to like uh some uh computer consoles that have like they sort of give you an idea of what's happened in this right. base it's a, it's a modern but, touch i mean that's like every modern game does that these days it's funny i was watching uh I remember when Tenmark covered this game, and I was I watched his video, and he had mentioned that the, one of the things he didn't like was that there was no it did, there, once you started the game there was no storyline in it, and I uh, I was looking at the comments under his video, and the guy that wrote the game actually said that they had came out with a revision where it, I guess they added those terminals. Oh, okay. You know, to give the game a little more flavor. Mm -hmm. You know, good idea. Yeah. Because the, you know you need something. Yeah. Uh, it's all, it almost sort of reminded me of like a Doom-like thing. You're going in this base, there's something horrible has happened, you don't know what, right. you know, that thing. Uh, so, the backstory, it's not like, I, it, this is not like Ultima, where you're, I mean, at least as far as I can tell. So, then you're getting into it, okay? So, let's boil this thing down. If you've ever played uh, Dungeon Master, for example, uh, this game will be right in your wheelhouse. It's one of those uh, one at a time walking, uh, you know, picture redraw like three D dungeon crawlers. Is there a better name for that boat than what I just staggered through? No, I think that you you described that pretty as accurately as you possibly could have. Now you've got uh, um, you've got your choices of how you want to travel in this game. You've actually even got choices on top of that. You can you've got the uh, uh, ASDW keys that you can use to go backwards, forwards, left, and right, uh, and they work fine. And then you've got your mouse uh, to uh, sort of do diagonals because on well, the no, screen can, they're all the same. Button. You can do diagonals with the keyboard too. You just use E and Q. Well, I know, but I, I never did. That's insane. Because <laughs> you have I've to use diagonals problems. more than you use cardinal directions in this game. Yeah, you do. Uh, um, so you are in a, uh, a sort of a dimly lit space base, all right, or a planet space base. Space base, I like it. And you've got the screen is sectioned off. At the bottom part, you've got a very small area that sort of gives you your currently armed weapons and some slots and your health and whatnot. And then above that, you've got the visual area. It's actually pretty attractive. And when you right-click, 
the bottom part sort of expands into a full inventory screen uh, with uh, 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 all the stuff you've got on you. Uh, it's got like a, a picture of a person where you can fill slots. You know, mm-hmm. it's actually pretty nice uh, boat. I, I kind of like the interface. Uh, it's simple. It didn't. It wasn't complicated for me to figure out what I needed to do. And the whole like drag the item onto your body thing. That's pretty standard stuff that was easy to understand. Um, <clears throat> you also have a uh, two hands up. That's where you can put like weapons or shields or or whatnot. Uh, you you kind of just drag them in there and you're good to go. So let's talk about the actual walking around part of this. Again, we mentioned it's just it's just like block by block. Uh, when you if you scroll down to the uh, to the inventory area, there are two buttons there that will actually change sort of the way you pers- you go move around the dungeon. Uh, there's one that's marked 3D, and there's another one right underneath it. And what these do is basically turn on and off sort of a smoothing, and, and also turn on and off this sort of a, uh, effect when you turn that gives you sort of a smooth transition from one look to the next. Right. Uh, did you fool with these at all, both? Yeah, um, that's that's what they do. Uh, did you have? Did you? Uh, I wasn't running you... an accelerated Amiga through emulation, right. and so the uh, the top of the two there was there's one that just gives you the turning animation, and then there's one that's like extra cool something, um, yeah. and uh, that made my uh, Amiga glitch out on me, and so I, I yeah. turned that off. Yeah, I, same thing. I turned both of them. Oh, off. I didn't turn off the uh, the turning animation. <laughs> I turned off because I didn't want anything. Uh, I just the the turning animation uh, is actually you know it it does help you get an idea of it helps you orient yourself uh, in a way that is is it made it easier for me to navigate uh, than just than having it off. So I, I did find that yeah. to be useful. Um. You and, and you can turn them on and off. Your yeah, yeah. Also at the bottom, you can, can you can change the color of your of your lower HUD mm-hmm. uh, if you want. I think and you can also. Yeah, I think uh, the, sorry, the the interface in this uh, actually, you know, the, the, when you right click and the the window slides up, I think all of that is done very well. Uh, yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, the uh, the uh, you can also change the uh, gamma on your uh, on your. Uh, visual dungeon screen via your inventory screen you can just uh lighten it mm-hmm. up or darken it whatever you want to do i turned mine all the way up like my, mine was as light as you can make mm-hmm. it um <clears throat> so that's pretty much your interface oh i should also mention that the far right of the interface there's a it's a blank block if you get the auto mapping device this block will give you a very small area map uh, that you can help to navigate with, and you can even get stuff uh, that will tell you where upcoming enemies are and stuff. But I never got any of this right. stuff, boat. I had to, had to look look into it. Um, <clears throat> so, what do you do in this game? Uh, you uh, wander the halls looking for stuff. Um, occasionally, along the wall, you'll see a computer terminal. You'll see a uh, a door. You'll see a locker. Uh, you'll see uh, some other sort of gizmo, and these are the things you can interact with. For example, if you come into a computer terminal and you click it, uh, it will display uh, some sort of wacky message. It might be like it might give you a hint about what's very close to that computer terminal. It may be just some flavor text boat. Uh, it may give you. Uh, I never saw anything uh, other uh, than flavor uh, text on those terminals. 
Oh, you know, you will. Like, for example, there's an area I got to where there's just like. Oh, yeah, the I take just, it back. There's the step inside thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. right. So they will that they, they will occasionally give you a hint. But most of the time, it's some wacky flavor text. Um, that, and by the way, the flavor text, I found amusing, but it did not really give me an overall picture, at least as far as I got as to what the hell was going no, on. It, you, you can tell that it was sort of tacked on. The uh, lockers you click on, you open them, and inside the lockers will be, there. well, usually there will be stuff. Stuff can include weapons. It can include armor. It can include stem packs. It can include health. Uh, it can include uh, any number of different items that you can pick up. Oh, uh, key cards uh, also. So uh, you also will come across things on the wall that you just can't interact with at all, even if it looks like you can. And they they make me crazy. Mm -hmm. You'll occasionally come across a button or a banner. Mm -hmm. uh, you also uh, come across doorways uh, you, uh, that you can, uh, you can go into if, A, it doesn't require a key card, or B, you've got the key card. Now... Let's talk about, uh, briefly, Boat, uh, using items in this game. <clears throat> this is one part of the game I didn't think was that intuitive, frankly. Uh, if you come to a door where you, where you need a key card, uh, logic to me would dictate that you either click on the card and click on the door or put the card in your hand and click on the door. But neither one of those things work. You, you have to go to your item screen, click on the key card, then click Use. Right which is a separate, but I didn't like that. No. Uh, uh, that there's, ton you there's tons better ways to do that. Both the ways that you described would have been preferable. Right, I mean, don't get me wrong. It's not like it's a deal breaker, but you have to, I thought it was weird. Yeah, what you uh, really, what I way. think, you know, it, whenever you have a game like this, you want to allow yourself to become immersed in the world to the highest degree possible. And that means being able to take an item from your inventory Take your mouse, click and drag on the item, and put it where you want it to go on the screen. And the best games of this genre did that. But uh, yeah, I agree. But I mean, again, I'm, this is nitpicking here. I'm not going to give the game too much crap. Now, let's talk about um, combat. So when you come across the very first weapon you'll get, at least the very first weapon I got was a sword, which is which I thought was it's odd. ridiculous. It's it's completely yeah, ridiculous but, for a space <laughs> age futuristic zombie killing simulation, and you're investigating this abandoned space base. Are, are maybe it's like a uh, like a lightsaber. Yeah, maybe really it's see like a lightsaber that much. So yeah. you know, but anyways. So the very first thing you get to sword. So what do you do with it? Right, what's in your inventory? You drag it to your hand. Okay, and then you'll see at the bottom of the screen the little block will have the sword in it. Then when it's time to use a sword, it's actually quite simple. <coughs> Excuse me. You just literally tap that sword with your mouse button, mm -hmm. and he'll he'll swing it. Now, combat is not what I would call um, a visual spectacle. Um, Basically, like you're not really seeing your guy cut into this no. guy, for example. Well, you see some you see uh, some you, red streaks on you the see, yeah. yeah, and then you see some kind of special effects yeah. uh, that of like you getting shot or hit, right. uh, and then that's pretty much it. Uh, eventually, one of you will die. That's pretty much it. Uh, so, uh, and as far as I could tell, boat, there's no looting or any of that stuff. I mean, pretty much they're just they yeah, just are gone. They're just gone. Right? I, I, <laughs> excuse me. Now, uh, you can have, uh, eventually you'll get a gun. In fact, I believe the first gun was called like pew, a... Pew, pew. That's it. <laughs> I 
I thought that was kind of funny. I'll be honest with you. Um, and then you also, I got a big, like a shield, you know, mm-hmm. which was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and this stuff sort of works, you know, you put them in your hand, right. you get armor, uh, you get all kinds of various armaments you can put in, you just put them on, drag them over to your body. So the, the, the system of getting stuff is pretty neat. I don't have a problem with that. Uh, but the combat is, it's not like, it's not the best. And I mean, it's not like super visually stimulating, at least the combat. Well, to be fair, you know, compared with other games of this genre, uh, this is quite possibly the least visually appealing combo, uh, you know, um, combat that I've ever seen. You know, when you compare it with, I believe that in Dungeon Master, I think you actually see like your weapon come up and swing down. Yeah. Like what? Yeah, what was, are we doing here? This game is uh, all you do in this game is combat, and you've made it look as lame as you possibly can. I was I was surprised at the combat. I mean, the thing is, it's not a deal breaker. It's 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 not super pretty, but I mean, it it works. Well, here's the thing: the combat interface is okay. Here's the thing: like there, are, you've brought up you know lots of different complaints, and not one of any of these things is a deal breaker. But when but when there's the an breaker. issue with every single aspect of the game, all of those, getting, you know... I'm getting to the deal okay. breaker mode. So, here's my biggest gripe with this game. And it, and it's and I know Boat's going to agree with me here. And I, First of all, I, I didn't hate this game. I actually kind of liked it. And because I, Boat mentioned it, the interface in this is real good. Uh, and so getting around stuff is great. But the problem I've got with this game is that <clears throat> it's 2020 and there's no map system. Uh, that's a no-no. We used to talk, we covered Dungeon Master, Black Christmas and stuff. We always said, boy, you know, the, these games, the, these are like, but you, they, you know, not having an uh, uh, auto mapping system back in the day is a real, is a real trifle. You, it's, you need to have a map mapping. I want to better, I want to have a mapping system where I hit the, a tab or something and be able to well, see Well, here's I'm the at. thing. If you get far, far enough in the game, the map will appear on the right side of the screen. Well, that grid thing. The problem it's is, not big enough. The, well, and the problem is, is that you have to get far in the game, and you're not yeah. gonna. I mean, you're not gonna have a good time. Okay. Anyway, I'm gonna, I'm gonna uh, let you finish your explanation before I, I talk. So go ahead. Thank you, Boat. Uh, this game, uh, and it's not just this game, but games of this type. The the, the scenery looks ex- identical. All right, so getting lost is super easy. Okay, now the book that comes with this, and luckily when when we bought this, we got the PDFs. These mm-hmm. didn't we, Boat? And there's a map book with it. And I was like, hey, a map book. Well, that that'll do the job. Well, the map the first level is mapped out, and then the rest of the book is blank. So you can just sort of draw draw into your own right. maps. No, 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 no. I want maps or I want something in the game to map. I'm not the kind of guy, I'm not going to drag out the grid paper. I'm just not doing it, man, for a modern game. Now, I know some people love that aspect of these games, and that's cool. And if that's what they want to do, they can just not hit the map button. But I want a map. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's just too, the tiles are too similar. It's just too easy to get Mm -hmm. lost. It's too darn easy. And I spent way too much. I played this game probably for four hours this week. And I bet I spent two of those hours wandering aimlessly over places I'd already been. Uh, it was it was driving me bananas, Boat. Uh, I just don't like that. And that's my number one pet peeve with a lot of these types of games is just getting lost. Uh, and so I, that was my number one problem with this. 
just some secondary stuff. There's no in-game music. Uh, except for the cool, then the title screen has awesome music. Well, it's, it's, your, it's, cool it's, your, music typ- it's your typical Amiga. It's got a great intro, it's got a rock and title tune, and then dead silence afterwards. Well, they could have music in there. Well, they could. Everybody uh, something could. Something else it didn't have. Like, remember when we played Dungeon Master? It had that awesome sort of ambient dungeon mm-hmm. noise where you could kind of, this didn't have any of that right. either. It just sort of silent. Right. Um, none of these things would. The only thing that would make me just not recommend the game is strictly the, is the mapping issue. I just don't like it. But that's a personal thing. I think it's a good-looking game. I think it's a, uh, I think the interface is good. I think it's well thought out. And I only got to say, what do we say, C, level C boat, 1C, <laughs> something like that, before I tapped mm-hmm. out. Uh, but uh, there's potential there. It's funny, I... Uh, I researched, I looked all over to see uh, videos of people that had gotten further or pe- people that had, or some maps, and I just couldn't find much anything. I would love to have had some help uh, on this thing. I did see some of the later level tile sets. They looked pretty good. Uh, this game has, it's got, it's got seven dungeons, which is a total of 21 levels. It's got 14 different weapons, 21 different types of enemies. The enemies looked pretty good, by the way, the ones I saw. Um, it also, uh, of course, you can you can install this in your hard drive. It's funny, I played this off the floppies without any trouble. I just put them on my GoTag, yeah. you know. Uh, and uh, it, it's it's a it's a decent game, but you know, like I said, the map thing was a real deal breaker for me. What did you think? But I know these aren't your cup of tea necessarily. All right. Well, before I get started, whenever you cover a new game that is obviously a passion project for somebody. You know, the, the developer of Black Dawn Rebirth didn't write this game for a big paycheck, you know, and, and he's still around, and it's possible that he's going to watch this. And it, it makes sometimes it makes it hard to, to, to be critical of because you know that there's, there's a, a, a guy that really poured his, his heart and soul into this game. And, and before I begin my critique, I, I want to acknowledge that, and I want to say, you know, making a game... Uh, of any kind, uh, uh, you know, is is a very very difficult endeavor. This guy has a tremendous amount of creativity, and uh, and I appreciate the work that he's done for the Amiga community. Now, let's talk. Um, what is this game? Okay, what what is the genre of this game? Is this a puzzle game? Uh, I don't think so. Um, is this a, a party management game? No, uh, because there's no party. It's just you. Um, is this an inventory management game? No. Is it a, a loot collection and upgrading game? No. What this game is, is a... Uh, it, imagine if there weren't decent computers in the early to mid-90s, if the PC wasn't around and you only had the Amiga... And you couldn't have games like Doom or Wolfenstein. This would be the natural evolution of the first-person genre, where you ha- you have hardware that can't handle 3D, you know, fast movement. You have to draw one screen at a time, and that's essentially what Black Dawn Rebirth is. It is a Doom game, a Doom type game that draws one one frame at a time. Uh, it has you know the click click combat instead of you know real-time combat 
and it's the same mechanic that Doom is, which is basically you, you, you wander these huge arena-like areas, you collect key cards, you use the key cards to unlock doors and discover new content. That is, that is the game. Uh, there are weapons that you pick up along the way. As you progress through the game, you get more and more powerful weapons. Um, and you get health packs that you use to recharge your health. Uh, you discover aspects of the story as you move further through the game. Uh, you don't really need the story. The story is pretty, you know, it, it's pretty cut and dry in terms of your sci-fi tropes. You come across, you, you come across an abandoned, uh, you know, uh, military base of some kind. You don't see anybody around, uh, and it gradually appears that something tragic has happened, and you know you're going to have to kill a lot of things. Uh, it's your basic. You're a guy with a weapon. Your job is to kill all the other guys with the, uh, you know, with the weapon that you have. Um, the uh, I don't understand why you have to design a game that is purposefully uh, confusing to the player in terms of navigating the level. I don't understand why you have to make your tile set where you've got like three or four tiles and all of them have to look exactly the same. I don't understand why you have to create uh, kind of cool looking um, things on the walls uh, that are blinking, you know, that look like they might be able to help you in some way and then make them useless. Um, I don't understand why you can't build in a map system for players that want to use it from the beginning instead of making you find it later on down the line. Um, and I'm not saying that this is a bad game because of all those things. What I'm saying is I don't understand the mindset that you have to be in to think that this is a good game. And so, um, again, I'm not trying to rip this game apart. I'm just saying that I don't understand the appeal of a game like this on any level. Any level, I don't understand the appeal. It's different than Dungeon Master. Dungeon Master, I didn't like, but I could understand why people could like a game like this. In 2020 or 2019, when this game came out, I just don't understand what kind of gamer would would load this thing up and think, boy, this is fantastic. This is really, really fun. I, I, I just can't put myself in that mindset. Well, that I understand that. I mean, listen, hey, that was I think that was pretty fair. It's first of all, it's not your bag. True. And then it would have to really excel itself to be interesting to you. And it, you don't feel like it did. I understand the reasons why. There you go. Simple and to the point. Uh, that said, if this if this genre of game is your cup of tea, uh, you you may find something enjoyable in Black Dawn Rebirth. And as you go further into the game, uh, you may uh, it, it it really may ramp up. And it's funny when you mention this, folks. It, it, it hadn't really occurred to me until you said it. This is sort of a turn. It's this sort of a if Doom and, and uh, uh, Dungeon Master had a child, this game this would be sort of what it was like. It is rather doomy, uh, in a way. Uh, I mean, in, in, you know, in what ways to... is this not like Doom? I think that's a better question. Other than well, the I fact mean, that know, it's I less mean, fun I'm, to play. You know, they, there were plenty of attempts on the Amiga to make a Doom-like clone, including types like this. You know, and I mean, you're not wrong. 
frankly. There is some puzzle elements to this, though. There's some pushing. I mean, I saw some stuff where you push walls and you and there's teleporters and stuff. So I mean, there's there they're going to be the sort of you know key card elements that we've seen in uh, games like this. And it may, and like I said, uh, not having gotten super far into the game, I'm not going to sit here and say the you know there may be awesome stuff coming. But the stuff you said, I agree with having stuff on the walls that you can't interact with. Uh, that looks like it's interactable. I, what I would like to see happen, but we've talked about this in like a, a gr- graphical uh, adventure games. If it's something you can interact with, just have your cursor light up mm-hmm. or something. Right. You know what I mean? That would save you a lot of trouble right yeah. there. As opposed it, to just going through and clicking, because there are areas in this <coughs> with buttons, with even hidden buttons that are real tough to see. We don't need that uh, yeah. kind of stuff. And, you know. I mean... I just don't understand why you would go out of your way to make a an area that you want the player to explore, yet you make that area as difficult to explore as possible and as least visually interesting as possible. Like when there's only three different types of tile that you can put on the walls, and again, you know, I realize that you're dealing with memory limitations and the, the limitations yeah. of the system, but yeah. I mean... <sighs> I just again, I can't put myself in the mindset where that that is fun. I I try to look at this in the framework of the systems it's on. Like if this, if this game had been released in 1988 for the for the uh, uh, Amiga 500, you know what? How would this be received? And I think it would probably be received fairly well. It would have know? been a different concept. There weren't a whole lot of games right, like but- this back then. Right, right, but my, but in two thousand in twenty twenty, you know, hey, listen, I'm a spoiled jerk gamer. I would like a little more ease of use, you know. That's just me. But now, again, and this, I'll take this to the house. People that like these sorts of games, they like this sort of challenge. They like mapping. They like, and, and so if this is a game that's made to appeal to those people, they should be happy. But I, I'm not that guy, I, you know, and I think a lot of people are like me. Yeah. You know? Well, so, sp- speaking you of a lot of people like you, let's uh, take a look at our Discord channel and see what our uh, what our Discord members <laughs> said about Black yeah, Dawn Rebirth. Uh, first off, we've got Jason Warns. He writes in and he says, "Blow the dust off your graph paper mapping skills, folks." Here's a traditional dungeon crawler with great graphics, atmospheric sound, and decent controls. Sure, my dungeon crawling skills are terrible, but that didn't stop me from having fun with this one once I got a decent weapon. If dungeon crawlers are your thing, check it out. Overall, 7 out of 10. Pixels of Dawn writes, Definitely a game that benefits from a beefier system, but I still managed to have a good time playing it on my A600. The movement is good, but the UI and combat can feel a bit clunky, an easy thing to fix in the sequel, and I wish the graphics were a little more distinctive. One wall looks very much like the next. The constant hum of the ship creates a real atmosphere in this space adventure and keeps you coming back. It even has a funky intro. I do wish there was more text description or audio cues, however, as to what is happening. When you move between floors or use a teleporter, for example, it's not clear where you ended up or even if anything has happened, which keeps you from feeling grounded in the world. Yes. One of the better new games to come out on the Amiga in recent years, however, but could definitely benefit from a bit more polish. Seven out of ten. The turbo lift comes to mind instantly. I was so confused when I walked into yeah, that thing. Yeah. 
it doesn't give you a good bump of direction. All you, when here's you what you do. It. You go into the turbo lift, you turn around, the door can shut. You don't have to have a door shutter animation. Then you shake the screen. You, you, yeah, that's right. all you have to do. Did you, were you confused when you staggered into Dude, that thing? I was confused the whole time I was playing this game. I was lost yeah. and confused 99.9% of the time I spent playing this game. Did you, is, did we have any more Discord yeah, yeah, we on got that? one more. Oh, okay, go ahead. Rushi says, an atmospheric solo sci-fi dungeon crawler that's unfortunately light on depth. The post-release patch that added flavor text to the terminals did wonders for the world building and gave it a retro system shock vibe but the stove-piped character progression and key hunt gameplay makes the game feel much closer to Doom RPG. Oh, there we go. Then a future counterpart to the quest. My one real complaint about the game is the real-time gameplay mixed with grid-based movement. It's not a bad game, and the lighter gameplay makes it easy for me to enjoy in small bites when I have time, but if you're looking for a serious dungeon crawler, you're going to be disappointed. I'm cautiously optimistic for the next game in the series, assuming the randomized level designs work out okay. That's it. I will, I will say Rushi brings up a good point. Uh, the combat in this is real time, mm -hmm. and that's it is it's caught me it caught me off guard, you know, in a weird mm -hmm. way. Uh, it's odd. The the combat could use some polish, that's for sure. Um, <clears throat> I uh. Looked for some reviews on this thing, Boatster. Uh, aside from the those people, Lemon has this thing uh, at a five point six seven, but with very few people chiming mm -hmm. in. So I wouldn't take that uh, to heart. Uh, and I believe it or not, Boat, I actually found a copy of this on eBay okay. that had sold <coughs> in the past year and had sold for forty dollars box, the box version. So. Apparently, these things will creep up on eBay. I think uh, the 7 out of 10 assessment, I would say that's fairly... I, I think I would put... This game is not a loser. It's not a failure. Uh, it's just um, what will probably be, be a... a uh, the, the Hopefully, the building block that they can build something that is a little more polished with a little more, um, a little more backstory... And kind of fix some of the stuff we talked about because I think, I think the uh, uh, the art clearly the people that did this have talent. There's no doubt. Oh yeah, about that. like when you look at the individual elements, like those the, the four tiles that make up the wall set in this, each one of those yeah, tiles beautiful. is beautifully drawn. Yeah. The, by the way, we didn't talk about the intro. What did you think of the intro? Oh, it was great. Thing? It made me pumped up. It was pretty yeah. good. Yeah. And the music was good too. But uh, listen, you've got a guy that can make that sort of tune. Get that dude involved. Right. You know, and I, that hum, I turned my volume way down, and that was yeah, no good. Yeah, I mean, if you want to, it, it's fine to have the, the ambient noise, you know, if you, if you want to. But give me an option to have some in-game music, too, you know. Yeah, I know that's a real beef with you in the boat deal in-game. Just give me an option. And, yeah, I understand, man. But overall, 7 out of 10, I think that's somewhere, that's about the way I feel about yeah, it, Boat. Yeah, Well, um, before we wrap things up, Aaron, I do want to thank... Everybody that is watching here in, in uh, Twitch with us, uh, we're recording earlier today, uh, but normally uh, we record uh, Fridays. As long as uh, we are recording remotely, we're going to try and have a little earlier start from all, for all of our friends over in Europe. Um, Pixels at Dawn Gaming is here doing a great job modding the chat. Tenmark, 10 Minute Amiga Retrocast is with us. 
Midgard73, aka Edvin Helland, is here. Actually, I think that that's Edvin. Um, Picard2010, Rushi MSX is here. Um, let's see, Wing Chun Wolf is here with us. Retro Man Cave. Uh, thank you guys so much. Christian Russell is here. Frodo and Els. Criminal Macabre. Uh, thank you guys so much for being here with us. Um, and we also want to thank the fine folks that subscribe to Amigos Retro Gaming on Twitch. If you subscribe to us on Twitch, you get all the same benefits as uh, Patreon, and you can do it for free if you're an Amazon Prime supporter. Uh, still adolescing, Wing Chun Wolf, GoTo GoSub, Retro Jerry, L Curtis B, Mohawk Mall, Darkwing 602, Honored Shadow, Tapes from the Crypt, Macintosh Librarian, Dunk, Duncan Styles, Barkbit, Mitsuyama, Rushi MSX, Silver Streak 72, Frodo NL, Pixels at Dawn Gaming, and Jost80. Thank you so much for subscribing to us on Twitch. And Aaron, it's your favorite part of the show. It's, t- yes, oh, it's time <laughs> for the Patreon song, but before. Uh, we uh, we talk about the Patreon song. I want to wish a happy birthday to Zebedee's Magic Roundabout, one of our longtime oh. supporters on Patreon. Uh, happy birthday, Zeb. Hope it's a good one. And I want to thank, happy I want to congratulate all the winners of last week's Patreon song challenge. Um, it was, uh, well, I'm going to tell you the name of the song, Aaron, and I'll call you a winner if you can even name the artist. Okay? Right. You never give me your money. No. Okay, you're, it's the Beatles. Um, so, uh, Zorglub, Curtis Boyle, Pac Billy, The Slow Norris, Paul Marfleet, and Mitsuyama. Wow, I'm surprised how many people got yeah, well, that. I don't even remember you're that not song. really a big Beatles guy, so I, I don't blame you. But um, Are you kidding me? You, <laughs> if you, not when you sing them, I'm not. You didn't know the name of the tune, man. Um, yeah. What the world needs now, Aaron, was the name of the song that I was going to sing, but I've just said the yeah. name of the song because you got me fired up with your lack of Beatles knowledge. You, you just gave I just away, gave away the, song. my own song. You, is that that song, What the World Needs Now is Another Folk Singer, that no. one? Uh, this oh, okay. is because I like that song. This is uh, the Burt Bacharach, What the World Needs Now. Um, oh, I love that song too. That's good. Oh, we were going to we hear were that? We hear it. You know what? I'm going to do it anyway. How did I fire you up? I didn't even say that. Your nothing. lack of Beatles knowledge just angers me. That's all That's it all takes? That's all it takes. You're an angry man. I am an angry though. man. I give you a 6 out of 10. Uh, we do have a new supporter this week, Aaron. Frodo NL, welcome. Oh, yeah. Frodo has been a longtime supporter of R. Sinclair, and he's recently joined us as a supporter of Amigos. So we welcome Frodo with open arms from the Netherlands. Um, and uh, so... Here we go. I want to sing it anyway. If you know the answer, you can write in. Solincier, Frodo and L. Take Mage Sebedee's Magic Roundabout. Jurgen, Mr. Cola. Daniel Williams, Bernard Lucas. Jerry Dennington. Zorglub Commodore Kid. Bjorg Vigudnitsen. Reflection, Simon Lech, Cap'n Crispy, Kilobytes and Caffeine, Mike W. Deckard, Threepwood, 
Gary Heather, Free Lunch Kate Fox, David Pickford, Cameron Armstrong, Andy Jones, Lobster Minator, Ten Minute Amiga, Retrocast Bernard Quinn, Retro Man Cave Tim Drew, Simon Rose, Joseph Harrison, Khaled Rob O'Hara, Matthew Larimore, Andy Craig, Sean Zobark, Bit Roland Burke, Andrew Mons, Joe the Zombie, Leaf Kellan, Alan Kebab, Chicote, Level or John, Marshall Matthew Perron, Ricky DeRoche, Creepy Dead Boy, Figgy CTZ, The Slow Norris, Stefan Sorgon, <laughs> Mortensen, Evan Helen, Winners 75, Christopher Hassel, Ravi Abbott, Chris Folds, Dreamcatcher, Lauren Giroux, Graham Webb, Keelane, Denson, Adam, Badders B, O'Brien's Retro and Vintage, Gary Hucker C. Brian Jones, Paul Harrington, Duncan Styles, Tapes from the Crib, Josh, Nada, Madam Bradley, Jonas Rulo, THT, Eric Nelson, Kim Tommy, Hoon, Woodside, Daniel Bingston, Brutal Barracuda, Darren Coles, Jason Warns, Pixels at Dawn, and Kilbjorn Barman. Very nice. So, boat back. Yeah, back. so here's an extra challenge for you. If you know the name of the second song, that I mixed in. It's a remix. That's what the kids do these days. It's a mad, crazy mashup. It's a, yeah, mashup. That's the right word. I couldn't think of the new word for remix. Um, if you know that or the first song, you can send me an email at john at amigospodcast.com and I will announce you as a winner on next week's show. Speaking of next week's show, Aaron, we're gonna it's it's racing week. You know, this has been a kind of crazy time in the world of real racing. Have you been keeping up with the news? What's been going down, Aaron? Yeah, no racing's been going no down. No racing's been, been going, going down. And instead, uh like no other sport, the uh esports genre has uh has has taken over and now Formula One and NASCAR and all of the circuits have gone over to this iRacing format featuring actual real drivers. Didn't the dude get fired this week because he threw his joystick down a wall? Yeah, off? yeah, I I love Good. that. Those guys, that's stupid. it is stupid. He should be fired from his team for not for fake racing. <laughs> that's ludicrous. Yeah. We're gonna do the same thing with Major League Baseball. Yeah. <laughs> so that'd be awesome. Have all the players play themselves at their position. I think that would be fantastic. Game. I'd love to see it. <laughs> You're right. You're talking me into this, boat. And also wrestling would be great, too. That'd be fun. The flunkies would be killing the yeah. big guys every night. <laughs> um, you know what I'd love to see is, like, athletes that are also... Because, you know, there's a, t- there's a ton of... Uh, not athletes, but there's a ton of uh, other celebrities that are that are really into, you know, sports games. Uh, and uh, I'd love to see some of those guys go up against the, the real guys and Madden and stuff like that. It, there's a lot of potential for esports uh, as we move through this period of quarantine. For the next yeah. month. Then it's right back into Dunk Army. That's right. So anyway, next week we're going to be taking a look at 4D sports racing, Aaron. Oh, it's got an extra D in there, That's right. That's right. Uh, This was suggested by former Amigos Game Selection Committee member Figgy CTZ. He's left the committee, but his game remains. And uh, we... uh, we, We love you, And, of course, Figgy continues to be a big league supporter of Amigos. And... uh, and, uh, so we can't wait to to play this one. Uh, racing week's always a fun time for me. And uh, we want to thank...